One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Episode 21, Journey to Love with Angela N. Holton. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready? Set? Go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have a dating diva like no other to share with you today. Our special guest is a conscious dating and relationship expert. She's the founder of the Love Sanctuary, the creator of the Conscious Dating Method, which I can't wait to learn about. She's an international speaker and she's an author of multiple books. So I'm going to let her dive into some of that. Please, please give a warm welcome to Angela N. Holton. Welcome. Cindy, thank you so much for having me. And I love how you pronounce my middle initial. Some people just like gloss right over it, but thank you for including it and for that beautiful introduction. And what does it stand for? <laughs> Nicole. And it's important because my dad wanted to name my first name, Nicole. So oh. he, yeah, he calls me Nicole exclusively. So there is some significance for me keeping and using my middle initial, but That's some awesome. digit, we'll see. <laughs> I think it sounds very polished and prestigious. So oh, I welcome you. the middle initial. I'd thank use mine you. too if I had a, a, a fond feeling for my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't. I think my parents cursed me with it, but that's another story. Um, anyway, let's get right into it. So talk to us a little bit about how you became Angela N. Holton um, from the beginning, how you uh, like segued into this whole dating phenomenon and a little bit about what you do to help people like me navigate the dating waters yeah so I honestly can say it was not a journey I ever thought that I was going to embark on me okay. the dating and relationship expert I thought I would have been long married ago like a long time ago married family kids so really I became a dating and relationship expert because this is the journey that I've walked this is the path that I've experienced for myself personally it's not been an easy journey but you know, we our greatest challenges turn into our greatest rewards. So mm -hmm. everything that I've gone through as a single woman dating and finding my life's work and my life's purpose is what I teach and what I feel so inspired to share. The tools that I've gathered and how I help myself is really how I help others. I've walked the talk. I walk the walk. I do all that. <laughs> Did you have some dating detriments that led you down this path of? Um, I guess I you know, leadership in this space or anything like that? 
not like horrible, horrible stories, but really just feeling that I was um, disillusioned about relationships. And really? How so? I feel like I am too, actually. What it means, when it's supposed to happen, why it's supposed to happen. I really was looking for this storybook. Yeah. Romance and storybook life that so many of us are brainwashed to believe in. For yeah. Us. And so I checked off all the boxes for myself and then I got to that box and I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready. Like where, when, what, why not? And so it was really a series of disappointments. Mm. You know, not like any stories where I've just been a horrible dater. I mean, there were periods of not dating at all and thinking mm. that it was because I just wasn't meeting anybody, you mm. know? Like, why isn't anyone approaching me? But what I realized and why I created the conscious dating method is because dating, just like any other facet of our lives, requires intentionality. It requires energy and action. And so the minute I started putting intentionality and action into my dating life, dates showed up. Great guys showed up. While I haven't found my complete match yet, although I think he's percolating and circulating pretty closely, that's good. Yeah. Is I, he in the is he in the soup pot with some other <laughs> vegetables and <laughs> carrots? Yeah, and- yeah, with all the spices. <laughs> and, you know, that, sh- that total shift in my mindset mm-hmm. about what dating, what this time and this period is really about, that has shifted and changed how I show up and who and what shows up. And so I help women really be strategic about this part of their lives that they just leave to chance, that they just leave to, a, you know, a, a list to meditation and to prayer and to, you know, crystals, all that. Not saying those things don't work because they do. You know, you have to believe it, to see it, to receive it, but there's action. There is intentionality and action required in anything that we want. So the conscious dating method is about movement, moving toward what we want. And I wasn't doing that. I was just waiting for it to just kind of fall out the sky. Or why, why do you think that is? Not to interrupt you, but why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because you were so busy or you didn't make it a priority um, in terms of, you know, no. being intentional, as you say? I, I think that's my issue personally. I'm just very, very busy. And so this is like, I feel like almost like a luxury, sort of like, you know, getting a massage might be or <laughs> something like that, right? I really didn't know. I really thought that it just kind of magically happens. You know, when mm-hmm. people say, oh, it happens when you're least expecting it or when you're not looking for it. I don't believe that. I believe it happens not when you're out there desperate and like waiting and you're from this place of scarcity and loneliness, but it happens when you're prepared, you're ready and you're intentional about it like anything else. And I wasn't prioritizing it because I didn't really know I needed to. I didn't know. Mm-hmm it only happens or that I needed to really put into action what I say I wanted. I just thought again, oh, if I just pray, if I just wish. He's gonna show up at your doorstep I with did. flowers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the light bulb moment was, okay, you have a master's degree. How did you do that? It didn't just happen. You put in hard work, practice, mm-hmm. dedication. You applied for schools. You took tests, you wrote papers. So why do we leave our heart? And I understand the heart is much more vulnerable, much more capricious, right? Than any other area of our lives. But if it's something that we desire, whether it's motherhood, parenthood, a job, a new home, a new car, it takes strategy. It takes work. And so I'm helping women create strategy. And we talk about what are you doing to create the things that you say that you want? And if you say you want it, then why isn't it top of your priority because when something's not in the top of our priorities my first question is 
is it really important to you? Do you really want it? Because we spend our time and our money and our interest and talent and things that are valuable and mean a lot to us. We carve out that time. So I nudge women gently to make it a priority. That's great. I probably need some nudging in that department. <laughs> I mean, I am dating. I'm dating a few different people actually right now, but yeah, which is nice, but you know, I definitely will say it's not a major priority for me, um, you know, to, in, in the scheme of, of all the other things going on in my life, you know, but, but it's important. It adds happiness and joy and you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, it's all about you, not about me. So <laughs> it's not about making it like, Oh my God, this is the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Be with someone because one you have to create time, right? Create the time and space. I think the work that you're doing is powerful and important. And the work I do is powerful and important, but I have mm-hmm. time for the other things I say that I want. So it's balanced. I, I totally understand. And I, I think you have really valid points that I'm all, I soak it all up. This is the fun part of interviewing all these great experts in addition to all the dating divas out there and divos. There's some men that we interview too. I think it's a, some like, you know, tips and tricks and things like that about how to navigate the water. So at any rate, let's talk about how to be intentional. So you, you're saying that, you know, a lot of your, um, I guess, uh, clients, uh, you know, people that you coach, they, they, that's one of the first things that you kind of like figure out with them what are some of the the things that you would offer to people in terms of you guys putting your first foot in the first you know forward and being uh, you know putting action into course if you will you know the first thing is deciding what you want and if you say this is something you really want then it's time to sit down and figure out how are you creating it and we Mm -hmm. start first by are you doing anything proactively right now in this moment to create what you want not, you know, and I, I do encourage online dating, although that's not the only avenue to creating or attracting someone, but I mm-hmm. believe it's a really instrumental and really um, accessible way to create dates very easily. So mm-hmm. what do you want first? What do you want? Why do you want it? And let's be strategic about it Are you, and create a plan. Are you going out on dates? Are you making yourself visible in places? Now that we're in quarantine, it's a little bit more restrictive, but mm-hmm. are you on dating apps? Are you working with a dating coach? Are you working with maybe a matchmaker or a speed dating service? How are you making yourself visible mm-hmm. to partners and potential partners? And how are you putting yourself in the place where you can actually meet someone? So we start there, right? Okay. What do you you want? And then what are you doing to get it? And then it goes from there. It's a whole lot of other things that, you know, we use this time to prepare and get ready because the relationship that we seek, really, we want it to be, and it is a mere reflection of who we are. So the conscious dating method is also about putting in the inner work, right? So it's not just, you're not, it's not about finding that person to complete you. Not at all. It's about saying, I'm already complete and I'm looking for someone to compliment my life. And I've put in this inner work. And I know my value and my worth, and I want, I will attract someone who's going to mirror reflect the value and worth I see in myself. That's awesome that you bring that up because I wanted to get into some of that. Um, that's the hard work, right? Because a lot of it, um, from what I've un- researched on you, is really helping your clients really have a deep understanding of who they are and developing that self-love. And I know the show is called The Race for the Ring, meaning like engagement ring, but it can also mean self-love. And like the ultimate goal is to like basically be content with yourself. So when and if that, per- not if, when that person comes in, 
and to, um, you know, add to your, adding to your life. They're, you're not looking for them to complete your life. You're just looking for like an additional layer um, of joy, icing, whatever. It's just extra, not necessarily necessary, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about that um, and also how you help your clients figure out how to break bad patterns of dating um, or just relationships, I guess I should say, because it doesn't necessarily just have to be bad dates. It could, you could actually be in a relationship with someone, break up, and then like three years later, new person, same issues, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love Race to the Ring, by the way. I think that's so great. I love the name. You know, and, and the ring is about partnership. Thank you. That ring is really about partnership with yourself. And I want women to see marriage or whatever that ultimate goal is for someone to mm -hmm. be, I didn't just find my partner, I found myself. Mm -hmm. You have to marry yourself before you can marry someone else. Mm -hmm. You have to be wedded and committed to you before you can be wedded and committed to someone else. So when that matrimonial day ceremony comes and happens, I want women to feel, if, if, if marriage is what they want, I want mm -hmm. them to know and feel like, wow, I created this from the inside out. I created this from doing the inner work. I deserve this. This is, this is, this is the life I created by showing up and marrying myself. And he or she just shows up as, as a symbol almost of the work that you've done. That's awesome. I love that. So profound. So how, how, what would some of the things be that you do with your clients to kind of figure out like what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be dealt with, what needs to be broken in terms of bad patterns and things like that. This is the part that's not so fun because it's, about looking at yourself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's about looking at your relationship patterns in the mirror. Not with judgment, because self-love is about being compassionate. Right? It's about saying, okay, these are the choices I made in my past, but they don't define me, nor determine how much love and worth I deserve. We're already loving and deserving of the greatest divine love that there is, right? We're already divine beings. So it's looking at the mirror, looking at our flaws and our imperfections, again, with that comfort that you would give a child, you know, not that judgment like, oh my God, I can't believe you dated that guy or girl and you did this again. And again. <laughs> yeah. You anything, right? You wouldn't say that to a child who dated a girl, your, your son or daughter who dated someone and got their heart broken. You wouldn't say, you're such an idiot. Like she told you this, why did you go back? And you wouldn't do that. So be gentle with yourself. And mm -hmm. then look at what your relationship patterns look like. What are they revealing about yourself? What wounds are still unhealed within yourself? Are you looking for, are you still looking for that person who makes you feel undeserving, right? They, they keep you on a, you know, sort of fishing for them all the time, or they're unavailable and you're constantly seeking them. Does that come from an inner desire to create that, um, what do we call it? It's like a repetition compulsion where we're attracted to someone who, who's emotionally unavailable because we're used to that primary caregiver, our parents, someone who wasn't available to us, that we seek that in someone else, right? So That's so interesting. Yeah. As I feel like, let me, I don't want to, well, I am stopping you, but I want you to continue. So don't forget where you're left off. So I feel like I sometimes fall into that category. Like, I mean, even with my, I'm, I'm divorced. So even with my husband, I think, I mean, he was an awesome husband. Um, we just weren't right for each other. He didn't do anything wrong. But I think, and I know this from a lot of therapy, that we just had different thresholds for affection. And mm -hmm. I actually wrote about this in my book. So it's not a surprise for anybody who follows me. But 
I seek a lot of effect. I'm an affectionate person. So I like to give a lot of affection in and I like to receive a lot of affection. But he was not that affectionate. But I think that initially may have been attractive to me in mm-hmm. some subconscious weird way because I, it was almost like a challenge. And I find like I kind of gravitate towards the challenges. Like I'm kind of seeing two different people right now and one is a challenge and one is not. They're both amazing guys. And while I know that the one that's not a challenge probably really likes me more, I kind of like the challenge. (laughs) So the question is, and I is, is it really a challenge or as it is, I want to get someone to love me? Yeah. That's interesting. Why not choose the relationship that's showing up, loving you in the way that you deserve to be loved and that really is in congruence with love but yet we choose it's not so much oh we like a challenge it's really we choose sort of the unattainable because maybe there was a parent that was unattainable to us so we want to win that love over it's Mm. psychology is called repetition compulsion we'll be attracted to those same relationships that mirror something from our childhood so that we want to become the victor in that Mm -hmm. relationship and not the victim, so to speak. So the thing about like your, you know, affection, that's your love language. So did you make your love language very present to your husband before marriage? Like, this is how I need to. Yeah, I did. And in therapy, but that's interesting. So, so for me, I, I'm very close with both of my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, but with my mom, I have a younger sister and I, I don't know if this is, well, it's probably true because other people have observed this too, but, and I'm very close with her. So there's nothing negative I'm trying to say about my mom, but I think it's something like when I was younger, she would, she coddled my younger sister. My younger sister always was like getting more attention, getting more help, getting blah, blah, blah from her. And I, I sort of like after reviewing it, I'm going back to school for psychology a little bit too. I think that might be part of my what do you think does it sound right did you not receive affection growing up in the way that you i mean i did but not from her i don't i think i mean a little bit but i think it was more she gave it more to my sister (laughs) she'd probably die for me sharing this so publicly but like it's fine we're all it's, it's fine now i mean i just think that was something i I, you know, and the guy, the other guy that, that was like, I'm calling the challenge. I am dating him. Like I'm seeing him tonight. Like he's a great guy. I just think he's like a little more mysterious than the other one. That's all I'm trying to say, but go ahead. All right. I'll, yeah. Then I want you to continue on. I appreciate on. your vulnerability. You know, vulnerability yeah. is the great equalizer. You know, we all, we're human. We're all yeah. human. So, you know, it's oftentimes our love language is the one that a, we comfortably speak right? You're Mm -hmm. very comfortable with affection. So you want that in return. But the love language often can be the one that was deficit from us growing up. So it's something that you you need and you desire in partnership. And that's why it's a love language. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with seeking that partner who meets you there or the partner who's willing to become that for you. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes people end up in partnerships and marriages and committed relationships without expressing or even knowing their love language and how they need to be loved. And that's what this conscious dating method is, is becoming so self astutely aware of yourself that you can like almost write a full dissertation to your partner and who you are, what you need and how you want to be loved. Like there shouldn't be any guessing. 
Huh, that's so interesting. The second time I heard about this love language. Can you yeah. talk about a little bit more about that? When you're a conscious woman and a conscious man, you are uh-huh. completely aware of yourself, who you are, what you need, what you value in another person, how you need to be loved. Mm-hmm. So it's not a guessing game to a partner. You know, this is my love language. This is how I like love expressed to me. Because oftentimes in relationships, people want to love you the way they want to love you. Right. You what they know, right? What right. they're used to. Mm-hmm. A lot of couples end up in therapy. Love me the way I want to be loved. And if you can't do that or aren't willing to work on that, that's where the incompatibility comes in. And incompatibility. Mm-hmm. So the five love languages, I wish I could say I created it. It's John Gray. I think it's John Gray. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. I think I researched this before our interview today. Yeah. It's easy read. And I think every partner, every person in a partnership should read it before they commit to a relationship and find out what your partner's love language is. Cause when you speak that love language to them, it fires them up. They're full of joy. Like you're loving them in their core, the way they need to be loved. You're speaking love to them. And in return, you let them know, you know, when you write me notes, when you leave me these messages, words of affirmation, this is how it makes me feel. And when you're with a partner, don't you want your partner to feel good? Yeah. You know that certain things make them feel good, you'll do them more often. Yeah. Like when you help me with the dishes or help me with dinner, that makes me feel really loved. And not just, oh, she's nagging me to wash the dishes or he's nagging me to help with the laundry. It's really, I'm an acts of service type of love language. This is how I like and need love to be conveyed to me. That's so interesting. Our language, right? It may not be our language, but that's what we practice on. And I believe when you show up to partnership and you make a commitment, you Mm -hmm. commit to loving that person the way they want to be loved. And you learn their love language. If you're willing to be with someone, I think you have to be willing to learn their love language. I was, that was my next question. Can you like learn? I mean, you can learn anything, but can you, yeah. if someone doesn't necessarily speak that language, is it something that you can, yes, can evolve into? Yes, yeah. I think the book is so important and therapy helps, you know, like for someone who can't express physical, physical affection, they probably grew up in a home where it wasn't displayed very often, or mm. they maybe the first time they tried to be affectionate with a parent or someone they were shunned or they felt rejected. So mm. really get to the root of why, physical affection is uncomfortable for someone because I, we're human and I believe we're created and made of love. We're divinely created. We have the capacity to love in every way possible. You may not like doing the dishes. Well, okay. But if your partner, there's things we don't like to do in, in any relationship, it's sacrifice. It's compromise to be loved, whether you're with a parent, right? A, a sibling, how you grew up with a sibling. How often did you have to compromise and sacrifice in the sake of love and relationship? So mm-hmm. partnership is the same. That's interesting. So would you suggest then people that are either in a relation, newly in a relationship, get the book with their, their part, I don't even call them a partner, but like the guy that's a girl that they're dating. And, or if you're totally single and not dating, maybe yes. it's a good idea to get the book. So you know what you should be like yes. looking for. No matter your relationship status, single, and looking for a relationship, single and not looking for a relationship, coupled, married, 20 years. It's interesting. Know yourself and to know your partner better, read the book. Okay. And I'm not getting any endorsement for this. <laughs> I know. There's also, let's talk about your book. So let's talk, let's get into some of what you're doing. <laughs> okay, he's not even on the show, but that's awesome. I'll have to tag him. Maybe he'll like endorse you too. <laughs> you know, All right. Tag him on here and let him know I've been talking about his book. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. It's an important book. And I think it's, you know, it sounds good. How many couples and marriages he saved. It's because it's such this like ding dong, the light bulb goes off that, 
like, how did I miss that? So yeah. I do think yeah. before you make that plunge into a relationship, if you're early on in the stages of dating, express your love language. You know, that's the part of also being intentional and being dating is being okay with being vulnerable and vocal about what you need and what you want. A woman can stand in her power and say, this is who I am. This is the type of relationship I'm seeking. And this is a little bit about me. And someone will either say, yeah, now I'm setting my ways. I'm not willing to change. I'm out. Peace right. out. <laughs> you know, or then they're not for you. Right. Someone who like, wow, you know, I like that she knows what she wants and I'm, I'm committed to putting my best effort into this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, let's go. Well, let's talk about your course a little bit that you offer. And it's, it's an eight week course. Is that right? And like, maybe we can't get into all eight weeks topics, but maybe you could pick a few key ones. And, and so I'm sure there's lots of divas out there listening that might be signing on. So, okay. I'm in the midst of a course now, my group, we're in our, uh, going into our third week. So the book, the, the Conscious Dating Method Workbook Journal goes in congruence with the course. So we okay. talk about self-love and self-worth. We talk about forgiveness, huge topic, forgiveness. We talk about self-sabotage and fear and vulnerability because the course is about not just dating. It's about preparation. To get ready for the date or to the person and, and be, yeah, be whole. It's a less seeking and more becoming. When we shift the mindset of I'm looking for this person rather than I'm looking for me, Mm -hmm. love shows up so we talk about our belief systems and i help you shatter and debunk these negative stories and false truths that we've ascribed to i'm too old i'm too this to get to find a relationship no one ever likes me women are all this men are all cheaters whatever yeah. that narrative is is what we're creating so we work on that we talk about the love languages and attachment styles who are we attracted to based on what attachment style we have and they have we talk about the divine feminine, divine masculine, and we have guest speakers that come in and talk and give their expert opinion. And we talk about confidence, building confidence. We talk about sex. Oh, let's talk about sex. Talk about I like that. And I also want to talk about self-sabotage. We need to talk about with sex. Yeah, that was our topic, a brief topic. You know, the course is eight weeks. It could really be eight months. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'd probably be eight years, but go ahead. <laughs> you can go on into the, like, in the grave, but go ahead. Yeah. We're here for relationships, so we're constantly learning and evolving. But it's yeah. It is very condensed. It's virtual, and it's meaty. It's a lot of content. I is it live? Are you doing these courses live? Like, so there's interaction. Oh, that's awesome. You no, know, the course doesn't work. I don't think for it to be a digital course because I agree. Men are yeah. sharing their ability with me. They, they need a, they want a coach. They want a confidant. And yeah. I love, we create community amongst the members also. So we partner up, they be, have a dating accountability partner. Why don't we have dating accountability partners? We have accountability partners for everything else, but not when it comes to this, like a um, pivotal most important decision we'll make in life, right? That person you choose to spend your life with is a person you're going to share so much of your life with. Why not? It's true. And it can really make or break your mindset. Like if you're in a bad relationship and you're showing up to like work and life, like down and sad and angry versus someone who get fills you, not up, but adds that layer of icing, as I mentioned, it's you know, totally I, yeah. Cake, you yeah. are already the cake diva. You are the cake diva. You, you're the sweetness of the you're cake. You're the cake with the candy inside, right? Oh, when they crack it open and all the candy pours out. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> isn't that cake yeah. delicious without the icing? It's still so fabulous. In fact, my favorite part of a cake is without the icing. But I mean that just, I don't mean that metaphorically because I do want some icing on my cake. I like, like the icing. <laughs> 
<laughs> the meat of my cake and the foundation of that cake is already sweet by itself. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's get into sex. Yeah. What do you just give us a little like crash course? Like, what do you talk about with the sex topic? So, I mean, you know, we don't, it's not a sex course, so we don't spend a whole lot of time helping women explore the sex. Right. Program. I'm not a sex therapist, but we really talk about, you know, how do we show up with sex and creating a different type of relationship? Again, when you start the course, be clear on what it is that you want. What do you want? If you want a committed relationship, let's look at how you've handled sex in the past. Has that worked for you? If it hasn't, let's do something different, right? What's the definition of insanity? Don't even need to say it. We know it, right? So like have control. Don't get in bed so quick. Exactly. Be strategic. <laughs> Think yeah. because yeah. you're creating a very powerful tie with someone. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, do I want to create this connection with someone? Do, are they showing up in, mm -hmm. in the relationship in the way that I want mm -hmm. in, in the direction in which I want to go in before I'm willing to share this part of myself? Sex is very intimate. It's very vulnerable. It's very connecting. So I think women have to set very early on what they want. And when, you know, what I've even, you know, I'm, I collect jewels from other coaches too. And one of the things that I've discovered is that men progress a relationship emotionally while women progress the relationship sexually. Right? We decide when that moment happens. So mm. a woman should decide what does the relationship have to look like? before you're willing to share sexual intimacy with them. Mm. And I, I don't like to tell women when to have sex, but I would like to say until he, meet, he or she meets you mm -hmm. where you want to be in the relationship emotionally, hold, wait. wait. I love that. I and feel like that. Because you're not giving someone a chance to really show who they are and their character if you jump into bed too soon. So let yeah. them reveal themselves to you, how they handle conflict, how they handle not getting their way, you know, Find out their character before you share something so powerful with them. And then you think, oh my God, we had amazing sex. We're so connected. No, it was just great sex, right? We right. often misconstrue great connection for great sex. Oh my God, this is my soulmate. I've never felt this way. I've never orgasmed so many times like this before. That doesn't mean that's partnership. That's, there's pheromones. There's great chemistry. But allow yeah. yourself, give yourself that time. Create that's that boundary where... He or she has to show up in for, you. for me before I'm willing to share myself. And you can make that clear. Not in the, like, hey, you know, until you say this to me. No, I know. It's hard though. I will say this. Like I'm in my forties. I think I, I have that mind. You, you look like a baby. Oh, you're sweet. Now I'm 46. You're sweet. Oh. Excuse me, can I say shut up on your podcast? Yeah, you can say shut up, girl. Yeah, say it. Wow, okay, so we're cohorts. Right? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, anyway, I have that mindset. I Not just because of what you're saying, which all makes perfect sense, and it's really good advice. I just also personally, as I got older, can't, not that I did it that much when I was younger either, but like older, I really have to feel connected to somebody to feel comfortable to do something like that. But I will say, I think a lot of the men, because I'm divorced and I have kids, they just assume that I just want to get in bed with them. And I'm like, I don't really? want to. And then I think they think I'm prude. I'm like, I'm really not. I like love sex, like a lot, but I have to love it with somebody that I feel comfortable with loving it, and you know? He, and if he runs off based on that, he's not the right right guy because I know I know I men really do want a woman who has standards I just think they're all like that they really do <laughs> Angela they all I seem know. to be a little like that not all a lot though they're not the one they're not the one because a real man 
you know, not a boy, not an adult child, no, a child. Yeah. they can hold off on that gratification. They really can. Because if he can hold off on that gratification, he's moved from his lower self, that energy that's driven down there, and he's yeah. moved into his, his head and his heart. Yeah. And you want someone who's moving and operating and thinking and holding space for you in a relationship from his head and his heart and not just from there. Yeah. And yeah. A man yeah. wants to know that you're reserving something for him or that it's something important to you and that you're not offering it just whenever, wherever, and to whomever. But if he's like pushing and not patient, hit the road. Oh, I know. I've given lots of oh, yeah, I, I just, I'm just saying, I find that to be so irritating it's as like a woman. Like, like no, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I'm not sexting with you. I don't even, I haven't even met you yet. Like, <laughs> I'm not like, yeah. I mean, just in general, not the ones I mentioned I was seeing. They're actually nice guys that way. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, anyway. So let's so talk we're, about moving from those biological impulses and being able to delay them. We've all had great sex. We know what great sex is. Can we not delay the sex for some emotional growth, emotional connection? Mm -hmm. Like we, let's try something different. And that's why I think dating during this pandemic is really powerful because physicality and the, and the uh, sexual connection mm -hmm. is delayed. Oh, sure. There's yeah. like, for most yeah. of, some people yeah. still make that connection, but this is a powerful time to make emotional connection. And it's a I time. definitely agree. I've actually interviewed a few people and they've said that they're in really good, solid relationships now with people that they've never really been intimate with yet, you know, for months, they've just been having this virtual relationship. I think like, you know, COVID-19 definitely can hinder relationships in some ways, but I think the, I'm hearing many more success stories from it and in, the, in the, the department of love, at least not, necessarily the economy and other issues but i think the romantic side has been a very positive one um okay. for those who the people that are actually committed to one another and like really care about the other person for sure yeah this is a time this is about maturity this mm -hmm. time, this period in time that we're in it's about growing the heck up you got to grow up and be unselfish and be caring and yeah totally paradigms you know it's not going to totally, you know, destruct from with everyone, but those old narratives and stories, they're debunking, they're they're being dispelled, they're washing away and people want something different. I mean, we're being challenged mm -hmm. and pushed on our edges more than ever. So this time requires a little bit adulting. I know, I agree, which is like one of the silver linings of the pandemic, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I know that's one of them. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's grace in everything, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's not to, you know, dismiss. I mean, it's very challenging times for a lot of people and it's a lot of dark darkness out there, but we've got to go through the darkness in order to get through the light in every area. I know. So as we wrap up, I really wanted to get in a little bit to the um, self-destruction. You, can you sum that up in like a really quick like an antidote? And then I wanted to ask you about like a really strong success story because we're running out of time. It's, okay, okay. it's been such a good conversation. So, All right. Sabotage. Um, often the things that we fear the most will actually create what we want. So it's not how big, how much we want something. It's how much we fear it. And if you mm. fear it more than your desire of having it, you'll push it away. 
So you can say all day long, I want a partner, I want to be in commitment, I want to be in a relationship. But if there's a fear of what commitment really is underneath that story, and that's the subconscious thought that's really swirling around in your mind, you're going to move toward that. And those sabotaging behaviors and those triggers are going to show up. So be mindful of yourself and mm. be mindful of when those triggers show up and when you're like pushing someone away or mad because they're not responding the way you want or finding fault in someone, mm. you know, picking people apart, right? What are those old behaviors that created unsuccessful relationships? Notice them. When you're consciously dating, you're aware of yourself and you're noticing, okay, I'm doing this again. I deeply and completely, I, I go through to the, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Because when you tell yourself you love yourself and you deserve it, you're not going to be afraid from that love that's showing up and being so vulnerable to you and asking you to expose yourself. Vulnerability is scary. So when someone shows up and they're pressing on those vulnerable spots, guess what? Sometimes we run away. Sometimes we run back to what's familiar. You know, love is addictive and so is Bad, be, bad, bad relationships, drama is addictive. So we can go back to drama if that's what we're used to. So right. notice yourself, allow your desire for something to be greater than your fear of it. Our lives will move, move in the direction of our most dominant conscious and unconscious thinking. Awesome advice, you're so good. Okay, <laughs> I love that, all right. And then lastly, can you, without obviously sharing too many details so the person will know who you're talking about, is a, a good success story um, of someone who was repeating bad patterns, like not really finding love, and yeah. did the work, found the love in, within themselves, and then you know is happily ever well, after. I don't know if they fit those two scenarios that you're saying where they had, but I'm just going to say I have two clients that took my course that worked with me that, that are sticking out in my mind right now. Okay. One who was so anti online dating. Oh my gosh, she pushed against me for so That's long. <laughs> of course, and she's been in a relationship for over a year. And she was like one of the first women in my course when I launched it and one of the first women in the course to find a relationship. And she was so afraid of repeating relationship patterns that she witnessed in her family. And we mm -hmm. worked through her creating a new narrative for herself and that her story didn't have to be her parents' story, her sisters or siblings or brothers or uncles, that you can create a new narrative and making her very aware of that. And she's in a great relationship. I'm, I'm always checking in on her. Another That's great. Again, doesn't completely fit everything that you said, but worked with me one-on-one -on -one for a long time. Wanted to really not date, because I also encourage, if you're not attracting what's right for you, let's spend time getting to know you and why you're attracting these relationships. So let's okay. put worth, self-esteem, et cetera. Anyway, mm -hmm. worked with me, but it's been a few year, couple years since we've worked together, but we've stayed in touch. She's actually gonna be on my Instagram live series that I have, Love in the Time of Corona, because she found love in the pandemic. Oh, nice. That's great. And she's amazing. She's wonderful, but she's put in the inner work. She put in the inner work of recognizing the relationship she attracted, why she was attracting them and noticing them when they show up and like saying, okay, no, that's an old story. That's an old me. I don't have to choose this relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's that awareness and knowing your worth and your value. When you know your worth and your value and you marry yourself, you don't choose those bad choices anymore. Love it. Love, love, love. Okay. So if any of our divas out there listening um, want to find you, how can they? And when are you going to be taking new students in your next course? Absolutely. So the best way to find me is uh, you can email me at info at lovesanctuary.com. 
or my website is lovesanctuary.com, which is actually maybe coming down soon because it's going under construction, which I'm so excited about. That's cool. And I'm more visible and active on Instagram, which is Angela with that middle initial N. Yeah. Holton at Angela in Holton. And right now, so I do a workshop, a virtual workshop, which I'm going to do. It's 90 minutes. I'll do that in August. So just check in with me, follow me on Instagram, email me, you'll find out updates. And then the next course will launch in uh, September. We're going to look into after Labor Day. Okay. Cool. And how many, how many uh, participants do you usually look to have in, in a room when you, um, when you launch your courses? Well, it was a nice intimate group, but you know, there's room for everybody because, because, because we're virtual, it makes it so. Yeah. Just, All right. Well, that's good to know. No limit. Like if I'll take 50 to a hundred, as long as everyone shows up and everyone can have a partner because zoom is so amazing that I can create these little private rooms, which we do and they break out and talk with their partners and little groups. So Oh, that's good. So you're not always sharing everything with the whole, yeah, the whole bunch. Okay. All and I have clients from other countries and wow. we're all here with the same intention to, you know, really find the love within ourselves so that we magnetize that in every area of our lives. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being a part of our tribe here at the Race for the Ring. And yeah, please tell your ladies um, to listen in and I'll let you know when your episode um, is going to come out. Obviously, when you're hearing this, it's out. (laughs) But at any rate, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Mindy, for having me. I've had a wonderful time. Me too. You have a lot of really good advice. A lot of insight. Thank you for letting me share it. I love it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.